Have your Bible, go ahead and grab it. We're in the book of Matthew today. We're taking a break out of the book of uh, Romans, and we're going to pick up today. We we started doing this, going to start doing this every quarter or so, about doing a prophetic update of things that are going on around us. And the reason that I want to do this is because <laughs> you wouldn't believe some of the stuff that's coming out of some of these preachers on television about things that's going on. And it, it gets people mixed up. But listen, we want to look at Scripture. We want to look at the events of today through the lens of the Bible. Listen to me. The Bible interprets the Bible. Scripture interprets Scripture. It's not for no man's opinion, the Bible says. No private interpretation. The Bible will interpret the Bible. And everything that we see happening today uh, follows right along. It is possibly... Now listen, when, when I'm talking about this, I want you to remember now, I'm not no prophet. Don't claim to be. But I will tell you this, things that are happening is a setup for Scripture, and that's what we want to look at today. So if you got your Bible, go ahead and grab it and turn to it, the book of Matthew. I want to start in verse 23, uh, 37 through 39, then we're going to move right into Matthew 24. Uh, we're going to read this. I know it's a whole lot of Scripture. If you note-take today, I hope you're taking notes right small. I'm going to go through this pretty quick because i got one service to do this, and so i got to finish. So uh, take a lot of notes, and I want you to listen uh, attentively and be much in prayer and prepare your heart and your mind because we're going to look at the Scripture and we're going to look at what truth is. You hear me? Truth comes from God, just like goodness does. And, and truth is not determined by culture. Truth is not determined by laws. Listen, truth is determined by God. Amen. How many know that? That's Bible. Amen. Amen. You remember we read the, the, the Romans road to salvation. How many remember that? Romans 3, what is it? Verse 6, verse 8. That there's none righteous. No, not one. Come on now. Amen. Amen. Listen, let's go ahead and read. He said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those that are sent to her, I, oft, I, would have, uh, I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you're not, you were not willing. Verse 38, See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more, till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Very important. Very important. Uh, chapter 21, verse 1. Then Jesus went out. This is the great Olivet Discourse. Yeah. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple and the disciples came to show Him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, uh, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now as He said on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to Him privately saying, Tell us when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I'm the Christ, and will deceive many. They come in His authority, is what He means. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For a nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes, various places, and all these are the beginnings of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to 
tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my, for my name's sake and then many will be offended will betray one another will hate one another then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many and because lawlessness will abound the love of many will grow cold but he who endures to the end shall be saved I like that don't you yes and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in, in winter or on the Sabbath. For then shall be great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world. This time, no, nor ever shall be. Unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. All God's people said, Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you right now. We ask you, Lord, to teach us. We ask you, Lord, to instruct us. We're here today with Bibles open. We're here today with your Word before us. And Lord, as we, your people, are gathered today to exalt you and to worship you and to praise you, and we thank you for your presence that we've already felt. Lord, we're excited. We're, we're, we're rejuvenated. We're so glad that we're in your house today. But Lord, I pray that you would just help us to understand your word. And give us the wisdom and knowledge that only you can give. And I pray to hide me behind the cross of Christ, my Savior, that he be high and lifted up, that he draw all people unto him. I ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Come on, give him glory. I wanted to do this today and sort of update you on things that what the scripture tells us does the ongoing bloodshed in Israel now point to a fulfillment of Bible prophecy now as I said when we started this we're going to look at this through the lens of the Bible not my opinion it's not your opinion it's God's word so everything that we see happening today and, and uh, I've had so many discussions with people about the subject in the past couple of weeks. There are things going on. People are terrified. People will say, well, I'm so scared. Uh, things are happening so fast. I, I've never seen things like this in my lifetime, they'll say. And I agree. I agree. But as a believer, if you're fearful about things that's happening, remember this. Fear is not of God. Fear is of the devil. Amen. If you're a believer, God said He's already told us that these things would happen, that we would have these things, that these would be the days of sorrows, the beginning of sorrows. And, and quite frankly, and quite truthfully with you, I've never seen nothing like this in my lifetime. I asked my mom, she said, no, I've never seen nothing like this in my lifetime. So things that are happening, we understand that they're unprecedented. That they're, they're, they're happening so fast. And so, but I want you to realize that this war that's going on with Israel is totally different from the 48 war, 
from the 67 war, from the war in 73, the Yom Kippur War. This war that they're fighting now is different in the sense that it is a resemblance of the Holocaust that happened in World War II. In one day. Now remember this. I was reading the etymology of the word Hamas. It was quite fascinating. I got so much data now. I, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm hurt. Uh, the word Hamas, remember this, means violence in the Hebrew. That, 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 I read that. I was looking at it. The word Palestine, Palestina, uh, Emperor Hadrian changed the name from Israel or Judah to Palestina. The word Palestine, Palestina, Palestinian means this in the Hebrew. It means one who attacks from the sea. And I don't know if you remember or not, but you know who lived in Gaza? Goliath. His four brothers. You know who was a judge? Now listen, this is interesting. The judge of Israel, you know where he was running around at? Judging? Around Gaza. You know who it was? Samson. Now Samson was the judge of who? Israel. He was the judge of Israel and he was judging the Philistines by the order of God because they were an enemy to the people of God. Now understand this. When, when you look at God's Word, when the Bible... And I, I got this the other day. God said, well, the Ten Commandments says this. says, thou shalt not kill. I said, do you know what that word means in the Hebrew? Kill. It's very strong. <laughs> it means this. Thou shalt not murder. God knows that we're going to have wars. Jesus even said this. You'll have wars and rumors of wars. It's a big difference. And so he tells us that these things must come to pass. That they will happen. And this war is, is totally different from all others. And we are living in the most accurate time of the history of mankind than ever before. Why do I say that? Because the Bible has been fulfilled so accurately, word for word, up to this point. Let me tell you something. You can look at the Book of Mormons. You can look at the Watchtower. You can look at the Tibetan Book of the Dead. You can look at the Quran. None of them can give you a prophecy that is accurate like God's Word. Come on in now. Come on. God's Word is truth. Right. And there's no other truth than the Word of God. Now let me tell you, I feel it now. Amen. So you better pray for me, okay? And so we're looking at this today, and believe it or not, the current situation is not about Gaza. No, no. It's actually not about the Palestinians. Gaza and the Palestinians are being used as a pretext for Islam. Now I went back this week and read up on Muhammad. I hadn't read in a while and so I wanted to go back and catch up and, and revigorate my mind as, as to the statistics and the quotes and the sayings of Muhammad. I had a discussion with a guy about this. And, 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 and it come to this. The Bible, the Bible, forgive me. The Quran, Lord forgive me. The Quran teaches this. Now, I want you to notice that I'm not saying the truth in the Quran, but I'm saying the teachings of the Quran says this, right. that Muhammad had a vision. 
that an angel came down in Mecca and give him another gospel. Now with that in mind, remember this. That Islam is real, a relatively new kid on the block when it's compared to the Bible and the God of the Bible. It come around about 620, 7th century, uh, uh, and then you had the Quran, and then the Hadith. The Hadith is the commentaries of the Quran, and in the Hadith is this global idea of Muhammad that they would be a global caliphate of Islam. That's what's going on. It's demonic in nature. Because there's no way that Islam and Christianity can dwell together. Because it's not the same. I even asked this. I said, tell me the name of your God. My God's name's Allah. I said, no, no, no. No, that's his title. That's not his name. Well, you call your God God, yes, but that's his title. I know my God's name. The Bible says, I'm going to read it to you in a minute, but the Bible says this, that the name of the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God that you and I are serving and worshiping here today, His name is Yah, Yahweh, Yehovah. That's His name. Matter of fact, in the book of Proverbs 30 verse 4 says this, God says, do you know my name? And if you know my name, what's my son's name? Woo! Come on now. Let me tell you something. The God of the Bible is accurate with everything that He's prophesied from the beginning of time to date. Can you say amen? amen. Give Him glory. Hallelujah. And so we see all of this is a pretext to justify the teachings of the Quran. Remember the word Islam means to submit. It means to be submissive. The first time I can remember ever reading or seeing Wednesday, they hung a black flag on the top of the mosque in Iran. And the meaning of that was that all Islamic soldiers unite to help the Palestinians. It's to justify the teachings of the Quran. It's the continued preparation for the Islamic or Muslim eschatology. Oh yeah. They teach that all Muslims must create a global caliphate. It must happen because that will usher in the Mahdi, Islam's Messiah. Scriptures declares and tells us that the division of the land is recorded in Scriptures, but it's not recorded among Islamic doctrine. Islamic doctrine calls for the destruction of Israel and the Jews. Islamic doctrine calls for the destruction of all of those who are not of the Islamic faith. faith. Come on now. And so we see that, and I'll tell you this, if you want to see if this is a setup for Bible prophecy, now listen, this is very important. Right now, after the massacre on October the 7th, in Storak, in Ashdod, in Escalon, Israel, after the massacre that day, the world sort of united behind Israel. But over the past week, I've seen more protests, yeah. anti-Israel, yeah, anti-Jewish, than ever before. Yesterday in the streets of London, 100,000 people turned out to protest Israel. 
So if this is a setup for Bible prophecy, you will start to see nations of the world turn against Israel yeah. as this war drags on. That's right. They will begin to turn. Anti-Semitism will be on the rise. It will be worse than ever before. Last week, in the streets of Berlin, the Berlinian police had to subdue rioters who were going around to Jewish individuals' homes and painting swastikas on their doors. Putting Judah like they did in the 30s. We're seeing this rise of all of this. And this is things that you can expect if this is Bible prophecy form. Israel's situation will become more desperate. Israel will be forced to take greater actions. So the question remains, why does the Bible contain Bible prophecy? It's been estimated that over 26% of God's Word is devoted to prophecy. More than 1,800 scriptures throughout the Bible in Old and New contain predictions about the future. Some have come to pass. One of them, May 14, 1948, the Bible says this, Jeremiah 24, 6, that the Jews would be planted in the land of their fathers in the last days. Israel, the only nation in the world that's been a nation two times. This is very important because since 1948, never before in history has Israel and the church existed together. We are, on the, we are on the precipice of an event like never before. You say, well, what is that event? The rapture of the church. Amen. Come on in now. Amen. Jesus is about to come. Yes, now, we don't know when, but He said we would know by the signs. And He said, I'm not going to... God said this. God said, I'm the only one that can tell you the end from the beginning. Yeah. Come on now. And so as we look at this, we want to look at this through the lens of the Bible. Prophecy in our time. Prophecy in you. Five reasons that prophecy is so important. First thing, very quickly, if you know, take it, jot it down. The Bible contains accurate prophecy because only God writes history in advance. Only God. Not Muhammad. Not Joseph Smith. Not Buddha. None of them. Only God writes History in advance. Second thing, Bible prophecies show God's sovereign reign over world history. The Bible tells us this, that God sets kings up and brings them down. It's God whose will will go forth. You can take and burn all the Bibles in the world if they wanted to, but God's truth will never be burned out. Come on now. Amen. God's will is going to be done. God's will will be accomplished whether we got a Bible or not because He's already spoken can you say amen? amen? Give him glory. Hallelujah. The fulfillment of prophecies demonstrate God's omniscience and foresight. The fourth thing. Fulfilled prophecies prove that the biblical God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, is the true God. And that He reigns in time and eternity. God rules. And there's another thing. And God overrules. Come on now. Amen. Fifth thing. 
fulfilled prophecy should compel every thinking, I put person, but every thinking believer. Listen, you know what? I don't want to go to a church where I got to check my brain outside the door. Amen. No. I want to come to a church where truth is being put forth, where facts are based on the Bible and God's Word, and what I've been told I know is truth, and when desperation, desperate times come, I don't have to worry because i got the truth of God. Come on now, amen. Amen. What did he say in the book of Philippians? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Yep. Now, Acts 1-7 reminds us that God holds the times and the seasons of history in His own hands. So what's next? What's next with this situation with Israel? What's going on in Israel is absolutely inevitable according to the Islamic doctrine. Just the other day, when I, and I watched so much news the past week, my, my wife said, you're going to get news logged. <laughs> Not waterlogged, but news logged, you know. I watched so much of the bad news, I felt like, you ever watch so much bad news, you felt like you needed a shower when you got through watching? Because it was so bad. But listen, I took the hit for you guys. So that's what I'm going to lie But after watching all of this this past week and seeing everything that's coming unfold to, uh, unfolded before our eyes, we want to know exactly what do we know for sure? What's next? And let me tell you something. We want to be a people that want to know and are in the know. Mikhail Gorbachev, years ago, when he was standing before the Russian Supreme Council, made this statement. That we need to exploit the Americans because all Americans are like this. They don't want to know. Isn't this right? We want to work our five-day-a-week jobs, have two days off, go to Disney World, go to the lake, go fishing, do whatever we want to do and not worry about things around us, but God's called us to be a people to know, to be informed. We need to be like the, the children of Ishtar. The Bible says that they knew the times and the seasons because they read the Scripture. Can you say amen? The only way to be informed today when you watch the headlines of the news is to know your Bible. Can you say amen? Amen. And so what do we know for sure? This is what we know that the first time Israel was ever mentioned, it came directly from the mouth of God. Genesis 32, 28. This is what he said. Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. The Bible is God's communication. The Bible is God's megaphone. It's God's message to mankind. There's key players. There's actors in all of this revelation. And that's why Israel is in the news. Matter of fact, Israel is absolutely God's prophetic timepiece on the world history. Can you say amen? amen? 
Deuteronomy 4, 29-31. Listen, I told you I had a lot of Scripture, so I've got to go through it very quickly. But from uh, there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find Him if you seek Him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. You know, there's people that need to really take that to heart. That if you need peace in your life, if you'll seek the Lord, you'll find Him. You'll find Him. Verse 30, He says, when you, when you are in distress and all these things come upon you in the last days, when you turn to the Lord your God and obey His voice, verse 31, for the Lord your God is a merciful God, and He will not forsake you nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant of your fathers which He swore to you. Amen. Yeah. People say, well, you know, you got folks today that don't, Christians now, that don't go along with the Old Testament. I preached a message some years ago, and a lady came up to me after service, and one of them said, where did you find that? I said it was in the book of Isaiah. I don't read that. I'm a New Testament believer. Listen to me. Without the promises of the Old Testament, you can't have the New Testament. Come on. Come on now. You gotta have the whole word rightly divided. There's no other way. From Genesis to Revelation, we need to know God's word, church. We need to know the truth, and that's the only truth that you and I can stand on today. It's from Genesis to Revelation here in Deuteronomy. He said, if you seek me, you're going to find me. You're, I'm going to be. He said in Isaiah 42, 9, He said, behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare before they spring forth. I will tell you. You understand that God's truth is already settled. It'll never change. There's no new revelations. There will be no new revelations. God has settled His truth in heaven and He's given it to us in these, uh, between the covers of this book. And let me tell you something. This is not just the Bible. This is God's Word. Amen. This is God's spoken Word. This is God's love letter to mankind. Come on now. Amen. The redemption runs from the old to the new. The redemption that God said, I'll be merciful. If you seek me, you're going to find me. If you call upon me, I'm going to be near. Come on now. So you can't have the promises of the New Testament without the promises of the Old Testament. Isaiah 66, 8. He said, who has heard such a thing? Listen. Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Now this scripture is fulfilled, May 14, 1948. Or shall a nation be born in a day? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. The first time, as I said, the church in Israel has existed together. It's been since 1948. I was talking to Brother Dick, Sister Pat over here in the children's church right before I come over here. And they was telling me a testimony that they had got from a friend of theirs. A Muslim man and his family. He had a meeting with his family one morning and, and this is what she told me. She said that he told his family and his wife, his kids, he said, this is about to change our life. But he said, listen, I had a dream last night and Jesus appeared in my dream and said, you need to follow me because I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. The wife spoke up and said, I, I had the same dream. One of the children said, I had the same dream. God is calling people today like never before. You listen to me. Yes. 
He is doing everything He can to save every individual before the end of day. Can you say amen? I wish you'd give Him glory. Amen. The Lord said before they come, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Zechariah 12, 2, 3, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people or nations round about when they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people, nations. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. God said this, Jerusalem in the last days would be the city that is the major player in prophetic times. Not Los Angeles, not New York, not Paris, not Rome, not London, but Jerusalem. Why Jerusalem? You say, why Jerusalem, Pastor Greg? Well, there's not a river that runs through it. There's not any trees round about it. It's not of any uh, significant uh, importance other than the fact that God said, I will put my name in Jerusalem. Come on now. God chose Jerusalem to be the city that He set on a hill. Can you say amen? It's His city. And in the end times, it will be a major player. Because why? God is a Zionist. I'm a Zionist. The Bible says this, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Israel. As believers, we listen, it's not so important that we have to have it in order to be saved. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this. Paul said this in uh, Romans 2, uh, 24, 25, 26. It's what he said. He said this, that who is a Jew? Not he who is circumcised of the flesh, but he who is circumcised of the heart. Come on now. If you know Jesus, then you ought to love Jerusalem. You ought to love Israel. Is that right? Come on, give Him glory. Amen. Second point, what's next for Israel? We want to look at the origin of the land. The Bible says, Genesis 12:1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house to a land that I'll show you. Yep. Now, Abraham, when God called him out, do you remember where he come from? The land of Ur, of the Chaldeans. But was Abraham a Jew? No. If you... If you talk to a Jewish person, then you say, you know what, it's okay with me because the first Jew was actually a Gentile. <laughs> Abraham was. Yes, he was. But this is what the Bible said about Abraham, is that when God called him out, he believed the promises of God as what God told him, and the Bible says that God accounted unto him for righteousness. Before Moses, before the law, before circumcision. So that tells me right now that if I believe in Jesus Christ, His Son, whom He sent, the Messiah, who died on Calvary's cross, who rose from the dead, left an empty tomb in Jerusalem, ascended back to the Father, if I put my faith in Him, I'm born of Him. Can you say amen? I'm grafted in. Can you say amen? And that means everything today. 
And so the Lord said, you get out of your father's house and you go to a land that I showed you. And remember this. God called Abraham out before circumcision. God deals with the flesh first. After He deals with the flesh, then comes the salvation. Alright? you got to deal with the flesh. you got to get the flesh under control. you got to deal with that. And then after you do that, someone will be saved. When you come down and ask the Lord to forgive you, you're dealing with the sins of your flesh right then, are you not? God deals with that first. And then He opens you up for blessings and salvation and, and, and blessings from Him. Can you say amen? amen? And so He says this. He says that the Lord said, I'll call you out and I'll show you a land to go to. And then the Bible tells us, Genesis 12, He said, So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarah his wife, Lot his brother's son, all the possessions they had gathered, and the people whom they acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the Terebeth tree of Morah. And the Canaanites were there in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said to your descendants, I will give you this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. So what's the origin of the land? That's it, according to Scripture. What's the origin of the Jewish people? Genesis 12, 2 and 3. Listen, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you. I'll curse him who curses you. And in all your families of the earth shall be blessed. Can you say amen? amen. Fourth thing, very quickly. What is the issue between the Jews and the Palestinians? I sort of went over that a little earlier. I jumped ahead. Like I always do. <laughs> the etymology of the word Jew is one who praises God. One who praises God. The etymology of the word Palestine or Palestinian is one who invades from the sea. So what's next? Why is the existence of Israel and the Jewish people such a big deal? The essence of the nation of Israel and the Jew and the promises of God, this is, cannot be separated. Cannot be separated. You got some folks running around here saying that the church has replaced Israel. Replacement theology is a lie of the devil. Yeah. That's right. Let me tell you something. God will never be through with His people. No. He'll never be through with the nation of Israel. The Bible says that they play such an a, a intricate part during the church. Matter of fact, think about this. How many Jewish evangelists do you see going around preaching right now? I don't know none. They're not preaching Judaism. No, no. But during the tribulation, 144,000 of them are going to be born again. And they're going to be preaching the gospel of repentance to the world. And a great revival says it's going to break out. They're very important to the kingdom of God. They're very important uh, uh, as a nation. Because the promises of God in Israel and the Jew cannot be separated. Habakkuk 2.4 This is a Jewish prophet. Habakkuk 2.4 He said, Behold the proud 
His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Genesis 15, 6. And he believed in the Lord, talking about Abraham, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now listen to this. Salvation is by faith alone in the work of Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. There's no other way to be saved other than Jesus Christ. So why is it such a big deal? God chose Israel and the people, the Jewish people, for the intent of bringing redemption to mankind, to humanity. God chose them. God said, I didn't choose you because you're great. I didn't choose you because you have all of these different qualities. I didn't choose you for that. God said, I chose you and put my name there because when He chose them, the thread of redemption began to run through because God had a plan that He would save mankind and bring mankind where He was. Can you say amen? amen? What did Jesus say? John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go away to prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Yes. Amen. And so He tells us that the existence of Israel and the Jew is very important. And then he tells us this. Uh, Psalm 14, 7 said that the salvation of Israel would come out of Zion when the Lord brings back the captivity of His people. Let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. God, by revealing Himself to Israel, will absolutely or did absolutely bring back the Jewish people. He did choose them and brought the seed of salvation through them. Psalm 53, 6. Oh, that the salvation of Israel would come out of Zion when God brings back the captivity of His people. Well, so, the question remains, I suppose, is why cannot the Jewish people and the Palestinian people coexist? It's not so much as the Jewish people but it's the Palestinian people that don't want to coexist. Now listen to me. 1,400 Jewish Israeli people were butchered, slaughtered on October the 7th, including babies, beheaded. Old men, old women. Old women raped, young women raped, kids, hands tied, burn alive. That's satanic. Let me tell you something. That's the work of Satan. He's doing everything he can to stop the truth of God, to stop everything that God has planned for mankind because he knows time is running out. Why? Jesus is about to come, friend. And it's up to us as believers, he said, to watch, to pray, and to be ready because I'm coming in an hour that you think not. And I got news for you. The world is not looking for Him to come. Oh no. 
Everywhere you look, they're hollering, peace, we can work this out, we can do this, we can do that. But the Bible says there'll be no peace till the Prince of Peace comes and sets up his throne in Jerusalem. Oh yeah, that's where he's going to be. And guess who's going to be the mayor? Oh, Brother David. Guess where Brother Greg's going to be? I hope I'm the mayor of Asheville then. I don't know. Maybe God will let me do that. But I know one thing, I'll be right there with him because I'm covered and washed in the blood of the Lamb. Amen. You can jot down all these scriptures. Why is the existence so necessary? What's next for Israel? You may ask the question, where is God in all of this? Let me tell you something. God's doing the work. God's doing the work. I look at it like this. Sometimes when we pray and we want God to do something in our life and then God starts working in a different way than what we think He should work, then we say, God, you know what? I don't really want it that way because it seems so hard to do it this way. Why can't we not do it this way? But you got to understand that our ways are not His ways. Our thoughts are not His thoughts. And so right now, as bad as everything looks, God's still in control. God's doing the work. God's working things out. The Spirit of the Lord is moving. And God is going to let His truth and His will go forth. Where's God in all of this? Psalm 2, 1 through 8. Very quickly. I know I'm, I'm, I'm running out of time. Is this okay? Is everybody okay? I mean, you need some coffee or something. I mean. This won't check on can I have a few more minutes? Go ahead. Is that all right? Man. Am I boring you today? Come on, brother. You keep Listen. Psalm 2, 1 through 8, he said, Why do the nations rage? King James Version says, Why do the heathen rage? I like that translation a little better than the new King James. He said, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together. You know, you need to underline that. When he said the rulers take counsel together, you know who that reminds me of? The United Nothing up there in New York. The United Nations. You want to know why? You know the only nation in the world that's been condemned more than any other nation is the little nation of Israel. You look it up. Look it up, Wikipedia. They've been condemned 104 times for things that they're doing in their own country because God's blessing them. Israel is prosperous. They were secure. And they were at peace. Until this. But the United Nations take counsel together, the Scripture says. And they counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed. Now remember what the Lord's name is? Yah. Right. And against His anointed. The word translated means Messiah, Savior, Redeemer. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me. I will give you the nation for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your 
possessions. Amen. Amen. Hosea 5, 14, I will be like a lion to Israel, like a strong young lion to Judah. Now we're talking about where's God in all of this? I will tear them to pieces. I will carry them off. And no one will be left to rescue them. Then I will return to my place until they admit their guilt and turn to me. For as soon as trouble comes, they will earnestly search for me. So where's God in all of these things? The other day when the the news went out that Israel bombed the hospital. I was watching the news. You wouldn't believe how many news agencies jumped on board of the lie that was being spewed that Israel bombed the hospital. And then the anti-Semitism started. And even when they're presented with the truth Yep. With actual video evidence, is still right. taking counsel against the Lord and against His anointed and against Israel. Mm -hmm. Tell me it's not demonic. You'll never convince me otherwise. God's at work, though. Doesn't matter what the devil says. Now, what's next? What do we know for sure? This is what we know for sure. The Bible tells us that God's in control. God has already secured the time and the seasons. Now, I said this to somebody the other day, and let me remind you now, I'm not a prophet, but I want you to give this as an observation, okay? I told somebody the other day, I said, tell you what, if this is Bible prophecy being set up, because somebody said, I think this is going to be the Ezekiel 38, 39. I said, no, I don't, I don't think so. Well, why do you say that? I said, read the book. The Bible says that that war, no nation will be able to help Israel, that they'll be alone. But Saudi Arabia will stand up and all they'll do is protest. That's what the Scripture said. So, so, what do we know? We know this, that, that all of these nations that will start to uh, this becoming involved in this, and I'm trying to think of all of them off the top of my head. Uh, of course, you got Iran, China, Russia, uh, Turkey. In the scripture, the Bible tells us that Turkey's name is Togarma, is the ancient name for it. Persia, Iran. All of these nations are United States are right now sort of involved indirectly in this conflict. So what do we know? If we know if this is Bible prophecy being set up, the next thing you'll see probably is Isaiah 17.1. What is that? The Bible tells us that Damascus is one of the oldest cities in the world. It's been fought over, but there's always been inhabitants there ever since it was created thousands of years ago. But the Bible tells us this in Isaiah 17 and 1 that Damascus will become a ruinous heap. And no sooner than I told somebody that, they bombed Damascus. And they bombed Aleppo. They found out Russia was sending arms to Iran. Iran was shipping them into Damascus trying to get them over to the Palestinians and Hezbollah. And so they bombed them. If this is Bible prophecy being set up, listen to me. Damascus will be a ruinous heap. It's coming. It's going to happen. 
We just don't know when. Because God's Word is 100% what? Accurate. Right. Can you say that with me? Accurate. Say that for me. Accurate. Absolutely. Yes, sir. God's Word is 100% accurate. So what's next? I want to round it out with this. What's next for you and I? As believers, this is what's next. This may sound sarcastic in the way that I, I have it. I don't mean it to be. Well, maybe I do. I don't know. Maybe I want it to stick hard. I don't know. First thing. What in the world was David talking about when he said, now listen, our argument is this. What's next for you and I? What was David talking about when he said this? Psalm 22, 16. For dogs have surrounded me. Talking about Gentiles. Me. Look at the word me in your scripture. Have you got it up there? Me is capital. It's a capital me, which means deity. So what did he say? He said, for dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Well now, who do I know who's got pierced hands and pierced feet? Well, I know it. I met him several years ago at an altar. Well, not exactly an altar, but laying on the hospital bed in Birmingham, Alabama at the old Trinity Hospital. I met the one who's got the pierced hands and the pierced feet. And guess what his name is? Jesus. You know who he is? Yeshua. Messiah the Savior of the world, the Prince of Peace. And the Bible says this, Isaiah gave us the prophecy, said that upon His shoulders, all the government, everything that you and I know will rest upon Him. And He is righteous and holy. Can you say amen? amen. I wish you'd give Him glory. Amen. So what did David mean? What in the world was the prophet Isaiah talking about when he said this? Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. Which means God is with us. God is among us. Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon His shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. That in the Hebrew simply means one who possesses and governs time. Yes. God is not constrained with time. God operates outside of time and space. He's not confined. And He's the Prince of Peace. What in the world was Moses talking about when he said this? The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren, him you shall hear. What was Moses saying? That God's going to send a greater prophet than him. God was going to send his son to die in this world so he could bring salvation to mankind. Can you say amen? amen. What in the world was Zechariah talking about? When he said, Zechariah 9, 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you. He is just having salvation lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, and the fold of a donkey. 
We know what that was. Palm Sunday. Yeah. You remember reading it in the Scripture. What was Micah talking about? Micah 5.2, But you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, don't let the word throw you. The Ephratah is put in there because at that time there were two Bethlehems, different counties in Israel. The one closest to Jerusalem was Bethlehem, Ephratah, which had the tower of Magal, the tower where they raised the sheep that was to be offered for the sacrifice at the temple that the shepherds took care of. But what did he say? He said, but look, though you're little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from old and from everlasting. And I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this. You're probably saying, praise God. What in the world was Solomon talking about? This is my favorite scripture. One of them. I say that about a lot of them, but this is one of them. I love this. Solomon wrote this, Proverbs 34. He said, Who has ascended into heaven or descended? Old Testament now. Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has bound the waters in his garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is his son's name? If you know it. I know it. I know it. I know the name of the one who bound the waters in all the earth. Yahweh. And I know his son's name. Jesus Christ. I got a Jewish friend that I'm really fond of and loving to death. I give him that scripture. I said, well, what, 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 what do you do with this scripture? I said, it's in your Bible. It's in the, in the Torah. What do you do with this? Well, let me read that. I said, you need to ask your rabbi about this. He read it. One guy said this. He said, well, I need to read that in the Hebrew. It is actually stronger in the Hebrew than it is in the English. <laughs> so what are you going to do with it? So what does it mean for you and I? What it means for us as believers is that we keep our eye on Him. We stay focused on God's Word. As Brother Jeremy said earlier, we stay connected with God. We stay connected in the Word. And we stay connected with one another, church. Come on now. Because we encourage one another, we lift up one another, we're praying for one another, we're spreading the message of the gospel in this community because it's our job. Come on, bro. People need to be saved before the end of time. Yes. Can you agree with that? Come on, brother. So as you and I, as we face these things in this world today, listen, you keep your trust in Him. He's got your times in His hands if you belong to Him. And your footsteps are ordered by the Lord. And let me tell you something. The, the path that He has laid out for each one of us, He's got victory built in for every obstacle that we face because our times are in His hands. Amen. Bow your head with me, please, Sister Becky. Father, I want to thank You this morning, Lord, for Your Word. Lord, I went a little bit long. But Father, I wanted Your Word to go forth today to sort of dispel a lot of the 
thoughts and uh, fears and all of the things that's been happening since all of this began. Father, it's incumbent upon us today as believers to keep our eyes on You. To stay focused in Your Word and to look at everything that's happening through the lens of Scripture. Because Your Word will never lead us astray, praise God. Lord, that we can walk in Your Word as Your Word tells us in Acts that we have our, our being and we move because of You and in Your Spirit. Help us, Lord, to stay focused upon You. And, and Lord, if there's one today that don't know You, that don't have that peace, that they can say that amidst all of the storms that's going on in this earth today, I have peace that surpasses all understanding. If they can say that, they can do it today because You can solve that problem. All they need to do is call upon You. And Lord, I thank You today and I give You glory. I praise Your holy name for Your Word. Thank you for the move of your spirit today. In Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Listen, as your heads are bowed, your eyes.